The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm so looking forward to today's show. It's uh, I'm chatting with Helen Kuiper from 24-7 Storytelling in Holland, and we're going to be talking about finding stories for you. Helen's been a guest on the show a couple times before, and I always love talking to her. So um, we're going to talk a lot of, you know, about the stories in the news and current events, um, from history, all sorts of things like that, And because uh, we often talk about finding our personal stories and we talk about finding our organizational stories but there's so much story fodder out there around us um, that we can also utilize to help improve our communications so um, sometimes that's hard to sift through so Helen's going to give us uh, some tips on how to do that and how to choose stories in a way that that make an impact for you Uh, but before we do that I want to thank Sally J. Fox from Engaging Presence for being here last week Sally and I had an amazing discussion and we we talked then about finding and using stories um, within the organ- your organization and uh, we talked about finding them at all levels so it was really fun to talk to Sally um, who like me kind of really believes in and in, in this is kind of the, brand, the the piece behind story powered is having a story powered organization means you can use story at all levels and everybody has a story to tell and can tell a story so I highly recommend you have a listen to that on the on demand library on the story powered page um, but of course course I'm going to ask you not to do that just yet because we're going to be talking to Helen about finding stories around us. So normally at this time I would do a story of the week but um, this week is pretty much all story of the week so I decided not to do that and we're going to go straight into um, talking to Helen and finding out the kinds of stories um, that she's brought for us to talk to about this week and we're going to talk about like I said you know stuff in the news or how we can use stories to um uh, get, emphasize our point or or sometimes organizationally it's really useful. So, so Helen is a born storyteller and she won't let a moment pass to tell a great story. Growing up in the Netherlands with a Dutch father and an Irish mother, Helen is able to combine the best of both worlds, the power of a great story with the relevant facts. As a story junkie, she travels the world looking for stories and new ways to share them. She spent six months at the largest museum for modern art in the world, Tate Modern, in London. Helen specializes in facilitating large-scale interventions. The more complicated the problem, the larger the group, the more she's in her element. She excels at making the complex understandable, the simple profound, and the way forward clear. 
Now, besides running brainstorm sessions, she also trains facilitators. Her biggest dream is to become an international peace negotiator. And Helen's head is full of stories with a memory like an elephant. She'll always find the right one to share with you. So I'm very, very happy to have Helen here today with that kind of powerhouse memory that she has. Um, She'll be sharing how how we can kind of collect stories and how we can uh, also, you know, figure out when and and how to use them in the right time, right place. So, Helen, welcome to Story Powered. Thank you very much, Liam. Great to be there again. Nice to see you. Now, for those people who haven't uh, maybe heard from you before, tell us what's your story. Tell us a little bit about you. Yes, well, um, it was very interesting when you when I hear you know introducing my, uh, introducing myself and, and and in one way I am a born storyteller. I mean, my everybody that knows me for a long time they keep saying that I turn everything into a story. But there is also another part of me, and that is uh, my background, and that is I'm actually a lawyer. So it took a while for me to actually cop on that the storytelling and the things that I did in my private life actually would work in my business life or my professional life as well, because in my professional life, I really only had one message, which was argument, and argumenting very, very well, and I always believed that there was a right, and that I used to think that my right was the right. So what I used to do was I used to have all these kind of, you know, great arguments with people, and I'd say, you know, but look at this fact, and look at this fact. And um, I continued to do that even into law school, and they trained in, I got even better at it, and I got very convincing, um, until I, I sat in a church, which it wasn't the type of church where you may think when I say that. I was actually doing a course on um, international peacekeeping, because I wanted to become a peace negotiator, as you said, and there was a lady speaking there, her name is Nam Anam, and she's the wife of Kofi Anam, but she's a great woman in, her, in herself, you know, she's a great... Um, international lawyer, and she was talking to us about uh, sanitation in Africa, and she was talking about how people didn't have access to toilets and all these kind of things, and it didn't seem like a really, really sexy topic, but I sat there listening to her, and all of a sudden, it just kind of hit me that if I wanted to get, and I really, truly do want people to have great sanitation and those things and have peace, but I realized that none of the arguments I had and none of the rights and none of the pieces of paper in the law books were actually going to get people these toilets. And I didn't quite know what was going to get it, but I realized all of a sudden that I was studying law and I was being a lawyer and all those kind of things, but that wasn't actually going to help me to achieve what I wanted to achieve. And it took a few more years before I realized that what I was doing in my private life, which was constantly telling stories, actually worked far more better also in my professional life than all the wonderful arguments that I used to have with everybody around me. And I think it also made me a more, um, a nicer person to deal with, just now that I use the story also in a professional setting. Nice. And you know, you know what, it's so funny, because I, I, you and I have had a similar path, and I'm going to have to check out with some of my guests on, on whether they also share that path, because I also trained, um, I didn't finish, but I went to law school, and also believed I was right for, for most of my life. Um <laughs> And then had a similar kind of moment and, uh, uh, well, period of time when I realized that communicating, um, arguing, there's a place for that, but telling stories is more about influence than being right. So I love that you shared that yeah, story. The, Thank you. Yeah, and the, and the funny thing is that if you if you had asked me what I really cared about, I would have told you from, you know, from a really, really young age that I didn't, I never really cared much about being right. 
Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to, you know, I want, it wasn't that I was looking for, you know, look at me, I know this thing, but I'm right. I just thought there was so many important things going on. For instance, exactly. a simple thing about sanitation in Africa. And I just yeah. thought if I give people the right, you know, the right arguments and the reasons and I would quote the law at you, that people would then start doing those things. And it's, you know, I guess call it youthful ignorance. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> I really thought that that would work. Yeah, um, yeah, and no, so I literally sat, you know, I sat there and had my come to Jesus moment, think, realizing that that really wasn't what, what was going to happen. But it still took a few years for me to really kind of find out how to, to properly use stories in a business setting. Uh, because it, even though it, it has similarities to, you know, how you tell stories at a party and in your social life, there are some differences that are, you know, quite important in a business setting. So it took yeah, a while, absolutely. you know, to be able to do it. Uh, well enough, but now, yes. as you say, you know, I'm an absolute story junkie. That's my, nice. you know, my passion, you know, in both personal and business life. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and again, you know, I had a similar path in terms of, you know, uh, working in the nonprofit sector and being a. It was when I became a leader that um, you know I was very scrappy in my in my younger days as an activist and as a, a social worker type person and you know and again it for similar to you it wasn't about me being right but it was about and and you know we can use the word righteous sometimes um, and and again sometimes that anger and sometimes that kind of um, the using the facts or using the uh, sometimes it does work but what I realized when I became a, a nonprofit leader is that um, yeah that doesn't work as well at that level and so when you're a leader um you can bring as many facts as you want to the table um but that doesn't mean people are going to do what you you need them to do or want them to do or that you're going to engage people to your cause so it, it's it's a fascinating journey um but i think one that um that people you know if you haven't tried story and if you're you're kind of just listening and kind of thinking yeah you know um not sure about this story stuff give it a go because it actually once you've tried it and you see kind of what Helen was saying um, you kind of have that moment of ah there's something different about how we talk to people and talk with people so now Helen like this is one of my favorite things about you is your story junkie nature and that whenever we talk you always have lots of stories um, from all over the place and that's why I'm really happy to talk to you today about um, the stories around us uh, because again, in storytelling, we often and it's still it's still true. Like we still need to sometimes dig deep and find the stories that will connect us with others. But you're you have a, a wider viewpoint as well, which is that um, there's lots of stories in the world that we can use, right? There, well, I mean, literally, they are everywhere. And um, I liked what you were saying in your introduction about your previous show. Uh, um, about how to become a story-powered business, that you, you can use story in all levels. Well, what, what we do, and that's why we're called 24-7 Storytelling, is that what we're saying is that there are basically, there are three levels of stories. You have your personal story. You have stories at the level of your business or, we, you know, we, uh, or your, um, let's say, your field, so let's say the field of education. And then you have the global stories, which are the stories that are all around us constantly happening. Um, so we say basically there are personal stories, there are local stories, and there are global stories. And what we say is that if you're able to connect all those three levels, that's when you become what, you know, almost a master storyteller. 
And uh, it used to be it used to be that when you know when kind of I don't know if it exactly happened when PowerPoint was introduced, but I do think there's some connection. But what we used to think was that <laughs> if we showed a lot of information behind us on our PowerPoint slides, you know, and we had these great beautiful diagrams and graphs and things flying in, that we really thought, look at all that people would think we were smart. Yeah, so they would yeah. say, look at all, this, look at literally say, look at all the stuff I know, and then That's you right. think I'm smart. Mm-hmm. But what we actually found out through all this research they've done recently is that there is a there is a direct correlation between the amount of things you show on the PowerPoint presentation and how smart people think you are. The only problem is it's not the correlation you think it is. It's the exact <laughs> opposite. Oh no. So the, Yes. So the more kind of so the more you show on the PowerPoint, the more difficult words you use, the more beautiful, intricate designs your diagrams are, the more difficult it actually is for people to really follow what you're doing and they don't think you're smart. So but you need to be able to show in some way your expertise and what we what we try to teach people is that if you're able to combine something personal with something local with something global in all those levels in a story that's where you can show your expertise. And you need Ooh, all those okay. three levels. Because, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's great that you spend so much time looking for, you know, and having, talking to people about the personal story because you do need to, there has to be a personal connection to the story because that personal level makes it sure that people can connect to you, to you personally. And we want to work with four people that we have a personal connection with. But after that, we also want to know, so why is this important to the business that I'm working for, the organization that I'm working for, the field that I'm working in? And after we tell them that, but then the question becomes, but why is what we're doing important for the rest of the world? And people want to know those three connections. They want to know why is it important for you, why is it important for me, why is it important for what we are doing as an organization, and why is what we're doing for the, as an organization important for the world? And if you're able to combine those three levels, that's where you show your expertise. So forget the whole beautiful design PowerPoint presentation. Go and look for stories and try to connect them on all those three levels. Oh, that's that's amazing. I love that, Helen. And actually, you know, I was just... Um thinking about the language you're using, because again, you're right, when, when we... Um Death by PowerPoint was was all the rage. We were trying to appear smart, um, but you know, I'm I'm just thinking and just thinking. It just came to me that, but when we want to follow somebody, we do, we're not necessarily looking for smart. We're looking for wise, and so wisdom comes with those three levels. Like if and again, I you know I don't want to um, take too much away from the 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 piece around you know understanding what we're doing and 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 having uh, a good understanding of the facts and and what's happening in our businesses but like you say if you have a good understanding of yourself if you have a good understanding of your employees and you have a good understanding of the world i'd say that makes you wise and so using story to demonstrate those three things rather than telling people like that's the that's the secret sauce, right? Like that is the the thing that um, enables people to trust. Build it builds trust, and it it um, that's where the influence is. And it also kind of and it also it also does something else, which is is create action, right? Uh, because you because at the end, in, you know, in a business case and an organization's perspective, when you're telling a story, it's because you want something to happen. You want a specific action. 
Right. So it's more than just it's more than just entertainment, which would be you know maybe in a private setting or even a movie. You know, it has to be entertainment. Exactly. In a business setting, it has to be a little bit more. And and I love what you just said. I actually hadn't thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. You can show wisdom instead of just pure expertise or knowledge and those kind of things. Doing that. But in able to do that, you have to you know, have to see stories. You have to be able to to see them and to be able to connect those kind of things. And that's yep. that's where what my junkiness comes from. You know, the story junkie. Yeah. That's what I love doing. I mean, I'm, in my business, I'm called the story junkie, and my business yeah. partner Lily, her name is actually the story catcher. <laughs> awesome. When you, you know, because that she's a journalist, and that she, you know, she that was she loves catching those stories. Um, but as a business, twenty four seven storytelling, that's what we're constantly doing is yeah. all over the world catching stories and then connecting them to what's happening to in our field or the field of our clients or we're working with the personal stories that people share and our own personal stories. And and I think that's really, really exciting to be able to do, you know, to combine those things all together. It takes a bit of yeah. practice, you know. I mean I can understand where and we'll get we'll talk about some examples in a bit of where that's happening. But once you get that then it's like a whole new world opening of possibilities of showing people the great things that you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. Now, we've got a couple of minutes till break, and in that time, so I, I wondered if you could share um, not an example of a story, but an example of what you mean um, uh, and how you've, maybe when you're working with a group, how you've utilized a, a global story. Uh, and you've got about two minutes, but I'm, I'm just thinking that might help our audience to kind of understand what you mean by that. Sure, sure. Um, I'll start with um, something kind of which is a little bit more um, a local. So we were working for the Dutch Water Board. Now, if you, for those people who have never been to the Netherlands, the Netherlands is actually 15 meters below sea level. So you would think our country doesn't exist, but we managed to stay dry. And uh, we were working with the Dutch Water Board during a time when it was really, really raining. And we knew that some of our dikes, which is what protects us from the water, they might actually break the following night. So what we said to those people working for the water board is that, you know, you're usually, you're used to connecting the stories with your everyday work. But can you do something for us tonight? Can you really look at the news and tomorrow morning at the newspaper and listen to the radio and listen for the stories that are coming out that are happening right now with the water tragedy? And then once you've done that, can you now connect it to what's happening in America? Because that's when Hurricane Katrina hit. Right. So all of those things were happening at the same time. So we literally, we said to them, just for this, because we were training them in storytelling, we said, can you just try it? Have a story right now for your, that you have, because they're working on their story. Start looking for the local ones here in the Netherlands tonight and tomorrow, because we're going to have some problems with the water. And then see what's happening in America at the moment in Katrina and see if you can combine those things into one relevant story for your, for your audience. And that's where you can see there's three different things. These are all water examples, but they're on three different levels. They're working life, the Dutch Netherlands, our local, and then, you know, the rest of the world, actually, in this case, America, Katrina. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's a great example. And, and how did, uh, did they use them? Did they, were they able they to... Did, uh, well, I think the first thing that actually caught them by surprise was that they would have never thought of doing that. Yeah. Which is something that we, uh, we automatically do. As soon as we hear, as soon as we know something is about to happen, which could have a big impact, um, we start collecting stories. 
you know, and, and it's not just strategies. We collected stories from, um, you know, the World Championship Soccer last year because we're a big, you know, my country is completely filled with orange when we want to play our, yeah, our yeah. national team, <laughs> team play soccer. You know, we're a football right. country. Yeah, so yeah. we start collecting those stories. Now, we have no idea when we're going to use them, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit more in the next session, yep. but we, we, we go and look for those stories anyway when there's big events, and they had never thought of doing that, even though it's so close to their own work, which was, you know, water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing that we do in crisis, and so the, the um, and again, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but the beauty of collecting or catching stories beforehand is when we're in crisis, we turn, we turn in. And so we're not looking outside. We're really focused on what's happening for us. So in an organization, um, you know, it's hard to look outside. So having stories um, from other people's perspective or around the world, I can see how that'd be useful. So, so we're going to just uh, head off to a, a break right now. Um, uh, I'm just so excited to talk. I can't. I can never believe how fast um, this show goes because I, I get so excited to talk to my guests. So we're going to take a little wee break, and we're going to come back and talk to Helen a bit more about um, the stories outside, uh, or you know, as she called them, our. Um, local and global stories. Um, I'm Liam Pico, and you're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want some more story, I'd love for you to sign up for my monthly story blast at verygoodstories.com. Love to connect with you and uh, send you some story coaching tips and information and, and always always some reminders about this, this show. So we will be back very soon to tell you more about talent finding and telling the stories uh, that are happening around you. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network activate and grow your storytelling superpower with leanne pico of very good stories stories inspire stories engage and stories move people to action it's pretty powerful stuff story coach leanne pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader build a more powerful brand or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for informational purposes only. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening. 
listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hey, welcome back to Story Powered with me, your host, Leanne Pico. I'm chatting today with Helen Kuyper of 24-7 Storytelling. Um, we were chatting before the break. Uh, Helen was very helpfully um, breaking down the kinds of stories that, that um, she kind of uses or, or talks to her clients about, which are, and that we use in storytelling, which is around personal, local, and global stories. And um, I was thinking about over the break, so obviously we're talking about the stories uh, around us. And I came across a story yesterday, which I wanted to share, or or use of story that I wanted to share, then I'm going to get your opinion on it, Helen. So, um, so this is a classic example of and you know, we can use story uh, obviously, in internally, as in terms of leaders trying to influence in our presentations, in our um, uh, organizational development. So um, that's a big area that Helen and her partner, business partner Lily, works on. And then there's also um, branding and brand storytelling and and advertising. And so this one relates to that kind of external storytelling. And it was um, now this is not about being political. This is more about sharing a. What I think was a, a very interesting choice of, of storytelling. So here in Canada, we have a federal election coming up in um, November. And um, our uh, Conservative Party here, we have uh, our Prime Minister currently is called Stephen Harper. And he is already starting his campaign against um, the uh, Liberal leader whose name is Justin Trudeau and um, the Conservative Party recently released their advertisements so again you know like a lot of places unfortunately we spend a lot of time in the negative advertising sphere however the Conservative Party did something a little bit more a little bit um, different this time and a little bit uh, it, they raised the bar in terms of that kind of advertising and they used a um, an ISIS video um, so ISIS had put out a video of um, the murder of uh, some people with some really eerie music. And the Conservative Party created an advertisement that they paid for that incorporated the ISIS, some of the ISIS video and the music. And what they did was they basically framed um, ISIS as the enemy and saying that um, the, the Liberal candidate was not was not up to snuff for, pardon, I'm sorry, that was a bit of a pun, I was not up to it in terms of dealing with um, uh, the enemy abroad. And, um, it, you know, a lot of us were really shocked that they would they would do that. But for me, with my story lens, I kind of see what they're trying to do because they're trying to frighten people into doing what they want them to do, which is to vote for the conservatives. However, I, I, I was just shocked by... The fact that they're using that story and that that kind of, um, you know, we've seen scare tactics before, but they're using the ISIS story in such a uh, overt way to um, get people to vote for them. And so, um, Helen, I'm just wondering, and I know you haven't seen it, so I'm kind of dropping this on you, but what do you think of that kind of storytelling? What do you think of using, because, you know, we're talking about using global stories. Well, that is a global story. Um, what's your reaction to that? Well, um, uh, the first would be fascination, which might not be the, the, the one we expected. But but I look at it quite like I look at it differently because um, I look at it and say, like you said, what are they doing and how are they using it? 
So are they using a global story? Absolutely. And if they're linking it to something locally, they are the Canadian and the safety of the Canadians. And if they link it to something personal, even better. So I look at it that way and I think, okay, I can see what they're doing. Um, On the other hand, I would have never expected somebody to use, uh, we say IS, but an IS uh, video like that in an election. So I'm a bit baffled about about that. But... In my line of work, what I try to do is I, I try to stay away from what I actually think of what they're doing and more look at the effects that they're trying to achieve and the yeah. techniques that they're using behind it so that I can, you know, explain to my clients how they could potentially use that. Um, the thing that I always say with my clients is this. If you want to get somebody's attention, you tell them something scary. Or a negative, basically. So the negative side of life gets more attention than the positive side of life does. It's quite, I mean, it, I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's just the way we were built. You know, the whole flight and fight mode. So as soon as something negative pops up, our brain automatically signals it because it's different. So if you want to get my attention, and if the conservative party wants to do that, then telling me something negative and scary works really, really well. The problem is it doesn't last very long. So as soon you can, we can get numb by the violence, but we also it doesn't inspire us to take action. And I think that if I was advising, you know, the the conservative party, I would say to them, okay, what is it that you're trying to achieve? I mean, are you trying to get my attention? Is it something short term? Right. Yes, something negative yeah. will will work. Yeah. But if you are trying to to create a, a you know a a different Canada or you know a new Canada or an inspiring Canada, then negativity doesn't work. It has a very, very short span, lifespan almost, if you want to call it that way. So I'm surprised that they would use it. Um, I haven't seen anything like that here in Europe. Um, <laughs> so that is it. But yeah. if they are trying to get your attention, then the negativity does work. Uh, there's, well, something and, yeah. we, you know, there's something else that we, you know, there's something else that you ask what I think about it, and that is. I do think that if you are good at storytelling, you have a lot of influence. And then your, it becomes your, you know, your choice and your, your character, how you use that influence. And I, I always say to people that you have a great responsibility for the stories that you tell, um, but also the stories that you catch and the stories that you listen to. And in this case, I probably wouldn't have done it because of, you know, I don't like giving attention to those type of videos. Yeah. So I wouldn't have said it was very responsible, but That's it can right. be very effective. In getting attention. And so going back to your, and, this, and the reason I'm, I wanted to bring it up is it cause, because it does relate to if you're a leader or a manager or you're in an organization using um, story as well as to brand because you know we can uh, as a leader I could easily bring stories from outside of the world and and tell them to my employees and um, you know scare the pants off them to get them to do what I want them to do right but your point um, which was whether they're trying to create an inspiring Canada like that <laughs> I think many Canadians would be laughing right now um, as they hear that because that's definitely not like and I'll just own my political biases that's not the 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 point that the Conservative Party is trying to make. They've had power for quite some time and they're uh, a very controlling party. So um, I liken them to a, a kind of, if we look at leadership, um, you know, that's how people have gotten 
others to do things in the past and you know whether you can use story for good or evil you truly can so it, it's kind of looking at a moral compass I guess which is um, you know again like when we're, we're looking at the world how do we you find stories that kind of not only suit our purpose and our and what action we want people to take but are actually responsible and relevant well, I think the I think the stories you decide to tell um, tell a lot about your character and the type of person that you are, um, and the type of business that you are. And I'm not ta- I'm not talking from the marketing perspective because that's a little no, different. No. Because yeah. you know, you know, marketing you could you could tell beautiful stories, but it might not always mean exactly what you you know what you mean for the company. But from a from a personal perspective or from a leader perspective, you know, the type of stories that you tell say a lot about your character. And um, uh, and it also and you have a responsibility for that. Yes. So I, I would you know and, and I, but I but again purely from a storytelling perspective, from a business perspective, what I look at and that what I say to people is what is it that you're trying to achieve? That's it. And once you know what it is that you're trying to achieve, then what does your audience need? And you go really into mapping your audience and knowing what they need to hear or need to do or need to feel or need to see. And then, you know, you might come to the conclusion that you think, you know, right now, what my audience needs right now in the short term is they need to get, you know, the life frightened out of them. And then I would say, go for it. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I probably wouldn't use this example, but I don't think there is from a purely technical perspective, there isn't anything wrong with using a story like that. I, I see what you mean. I guess my, my challenge is the means to an end kind of piece. And again, um, not like you say, not every story has to be inspiring. Not every story. Like, in, you know, um, I can see, because again, it's it shows your character though. Because, you know, if the company needs to, you know, if employees need to, to be frightened, like for me, the company better be in really deep trouble. Right? Like it, it better warrant, like the situation needs to warrant. So I do, I do come with some uh, judgment in terms of how to use power and using, and for me, that's why, you know, story power, this is a very powerful tool. And so from my perspective, I think it's the situation has to kind of suit the feeling that you're trying to generate, don't you think? Absolutely, and that's the and that's why I'm saying like the, why the stories that you pick have they show so much about your character. Yeah, because yeah. it 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 you almost you, you know when you're telling stories you almost give away you give like a huge big window into your soul and your personality. Yeah, and um, because it also also people when people tell stories you know who is the star in their story. Is it, you know, is it, are they always, are they always the star in the story or are oh, they telling yeah. stories about other people and those kind of things? So it's a really, really, you know, you know it's a bit cliche to say, but it's a really big window into your soul, you know, story. Um, but there are situations in the business setting where you, you may need to scare some people. And I don't mean like scaring in a, in a bad way, but to shape them up sometimes. Yep. Yeah, we absolutely. Situations, you know, where, 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 this, where staff, you know, for all good reasons, but really didn't understand or, or wanted to see that the business was in danger. And um, I think I, get, I talked about you, with you this before, but we, used, we worked for a, an international paper company. And that, you know, pay, I mean, anybody logically thinking about this would think that paper, if you're a paper company, you're in a bit of trouble at the moment. Um, but on a day-to-day, you know, business life, 
the, the staff in the paper factories were getting a lot of compliments because they were creating beautiful examples of the paper. So they were, you know, they had very, very happy customers. But if you look at it from a management perspective, they had happy customers, but the amount of customers was really dwindling and the cost of paper was, you know, was going up and the selling price of paper was going down. So they really needed to get people's attention first before they were even able to talk to people about the necessity of change and innovation in the company. So at that moment, they did need to not scare people, but wake up, you know, wake up people. There is something going on. Um, but again, I wouldn't advise them to use an IT story to do that. <laughs> yeah. But they're, you know, I mean, even, even I'm, I'm, while you were talking, I'm scrambling my brain because that's what I, you know, you're actually right, right, that's what I drew. When somebody gives me an example, I start thinking of other stories or other versions of it. And, um, you know, even, even here in the Netherlands, we have political parties that would do the same thing that try to, to scare us. They haven't gone as far as using ISIS videos, but who knows? We're not in a general election yet. But now that you yeah. say this to me, which is what I do, the story catching, it already, while you are, we are talking here on the radio live, I'm literally logging this into my Evernote. Yeah. So well, and it's I've funny because I'm, I'm doing that um, with my brain with the paper company because that's a great example of, um, so that's, that's the fun part of story, right? Because I'm like, I'm like, oh, that paper, yeah. paper company is a really good example. But just to go back to that for a second, because I just wanted to pull out the, the key piece there, which is, like you said, it's about using story to wake people up. But in that circumstance, a personal story is not going to do it. Like I, I would say, you know, it, it has to be a global story about what happened to another company or what happened, you know, they could talk about Kodak or they could talk about, I, so it, that's a really great example of, a, of a, a way that using the world around us can, can pull us out of our insular uh, focus, I think. Yeah. And also there are situations where our, you know, our internal situation, our internal stuff is painful. Yes. So um, uh, one of my clients at the moment, um, they're, they're a German company, and they've been a very, very, very successful company. So over there, they've been along for, I don't know, maybe 90 years already, and up until this year, they've never actually generated a loss. So they've always had profitable years. As right. a company, that's amazing. So they, you know, they must have been running it really well and a great staff and those kind of things. But all of a sudden, they are, they've experienced a loss, a, you know, a year, fiscal year, where they've made a loss. And while I was talking to um, uh, one of the managers there, one of my clients, she was telling me how strange that was for a company and how everybody was in shock at the moment because it wasn't something they had experienced. And as soon as she's telling me that, I'm starting thinking of other crisis situations. So I said to her, okay, wouldn't it be really interesting to figure out what you can learn from other crises that have happened in other, you know, companies or countries and see how they came out of it. Because you can't go back into your own experience because you, ha- you don't have it. And also it's quite painful to now look and see, you know, to look inward yes. and say, oh, wait, we, we, we have a loss. So I said to her, okay, let's, let's see. Are there any situations where there's been a crisis where good things came out of it? So could we maybe... And I started talking about the New Deal, you know, in 1930s in America and what happened after that, which was in a crisis, and then it came out. For us, Europe, you know, after the Second World War, the Marshall Plan and the crisis that came from the Second World War. But out of the Second World War also came the European Union and, you know, relative peace within the, Euro, you know, the Eurozone for all these years. 
Um, I was talking to her about a really, really interesting thing that's going on right now in Denmark. In Denmark, in they had um, uh, also a, a, a crisis on a country level in 1813, if I'm right. But out of that crisis came some really important decisions that actually involved in creating Denmark as it is now. Now, Denmark, I think, was named the, the number one best country to live in this year. Yes. But it does something good out of the crisis in 1813. But what they actually did was, last year, when Denmark was also hit by the European crisis, they went back to 1830 and started looking at the story from 1830 to see what could they learn that would be adaptable to the crisis they were currently dealing with. And so, so this company can't really go back in its own history because it hasn't really experienced that much crisis, and it is painful. But you can go and look around you, and those are just some of the examples I'm rattling off right now. I mean, if, if you gave me 10 minutes, I could probably find 10 more of these crisis situations. Yeah, that's awesome. Really, really interesting to see. You know, it's really interesting to see, so how did somebody overcome crisis? And then you can do it on a personal level, I and mean, there's loads of people who have overcome personal crisis. Uh, organizational level, like you said, I mean, what other organization has had this happen to, and how they come, become successful. I mean, Apple really didn't become that the Apple until they were almost bankrupt and they asked Steve Jobs to come back. That's and right. And you can look at it at a global right. level when we're looking at, you know, country crisis or right now, you know, the credit crisis that's going on here in um, Europe, Europe with will Greece become a part of the euro. And I think you can yeah. learn interesting lessons from that. Um, we can. It's true. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that. That's great, Helen. And I think that you're absolutely right. And, and um, I, I really like the idea of when you when a company is in crisis or having a crisis like that of looking outside because often we turn into on ourselves and start blaming and and it doesn't really help so I love that idea so now we're at another break um, and so uh, we we're going to take a, a little bit time out and you're going to get to hear some great advertisements of other great shows and, and some of our sponsors so um, but if you want to connect with Helen at 24-7 Storytelling you can check out their new website at 24 7storytelling.com and I'm Liam Pico and you're listening to Story Powered on the Voice American Network we will be back soon Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com. Or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead. The Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader, and by doing so, build a better, more successful, and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be, and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hey, welcome back to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico. I am chatting with Helen Kuyper of 24-7 Storytelling, and we're having a great conversation. It could go on forever, really, um, talking about the world and all the stories that are out there, and we can look at... uh, Uh, the news, we can look at current events, we can look at entertainment, we can look at history. There are lots of different stories out there that can be helpful to our communications, to our organizational development, uh, to our leadership, and to our brand. Um, So just, you know, have a think about, um, you know, when you're you're done listening to this show, I I dare you to go out in the world and just see what stories are there and how they relate to to something that's going on in your organization or your business right now. So, but we're going to get into the how now, because I have to tell you that I am a storyteller. I I coach people with, um, to tell their own stories, and sometimes I struggle a little bit with um, telling them how to how to listen for and and as Helen said catch the stories because I just do it naturally so um, it's a little hard sometimes to um, break that down for people so I'm so glad to have Helen here to help me with that today so Helen how do you catch those stories um, constantly I think that's the right yeah. answer for it uh, and you're, you know you're saying something about that in, in the the first segment as well is that if when you're looking when, if you start looking for it when you need it you're too late right because our, like you said our brain freaks out and we can't find it I always have this problem anytime I need to go to a wedding in Ireland that's where my family is from and I wait until the last moment to find matching shoes and I can't find them <laughs> and the day after the wedding there's all these you know silver shoes everywhere it always happens to me every time and it's the same with stories so what, what I do is I'm literally constantly looking for stories and I'm constantly catching them and there's different ways of doing it. And, and this is also, you know, for, for everybody personally to figure out how to do that. So what I do is um, I catch them because I'm constantly paying attention. And I either take a photo of it if I'm outside. So if I see a great window display that I think tells a great story, I'll snap a photo of it instantly. Uh, I love modern art. That's why I spend that time at the, at the Tate Modern. So I'm constantly at art exhibitions. And every time I see something cool, I'll take a photo of it. Uh, you know, even when I'm going to the movies, I saw this great movie a while back. It was uh, a movie about Hitchcock. It's named Hitchcock. It was released in 2012. And in that movie, it talks about how Hitchcock was trying to um, get uh, released the movie Psycho. But the film industry, his bosses basically wouldn't give him money to promote the movie. And he came up with these ingenious ways to creatively promote the movie. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. As soon as the movie's over, I go to my phone and I literally make a note for myself, you know, watch a Hitchcock movie, great examples of free publicity, no money, you know, for my clients. And then I put everything into my Evernote. So when we talked last week, Leanne, when you asked me, you know, when we did a pre-interview about this, about this, I literally went to my Evernote, my iPhoto, which is where I have all my photos, and I went through it to see what could be examples that we could use today. Now, I don't know what you're going to ask me. I don't know what conversation we're going to have, but I have a few examples here that if, if you say something, I think, oh, that might be a good example. 
and I just have them here constantly. My right. business partner, she she makes little uh, little. She has a book, uh, and she makes a little drawing, like an image of the movie or the of the story, basically. And as soon as she sees the image, she remembers the rest of the story. So that's her oh, way nice. of casting it. But so really, you're talking about creating a story inventory, basically, or a story log. Yeah. Um, and, and again, yeah, so because, you know, we, we talk about story and we talk about it being inspiring and all of that. But, but there is some science to it. And that's, that's the kind of, or at least um, I call it a practice, which is, like you say, to, to, to catch them. But, you know, for those of us, like I have a great memory and so I often rely on that. But, um, but like you say, I mean, the, the, enabling yourself to write it down or use a, a, a visual to remember because um, and I love that because you know that's the power of story right the fact that Lily could just look at a visual and she remembers the story shows how powerful they are um, but for people yeah. to get very deliberate rather than kind of randomly hoping something will come to you it's it's about being deliberate about um, logging those stories right and to, and to constantly do it. And it's great fun to do it. I mean, as soon as you yeah. start realizing how many great stories there are around you, I mean, I could literally not do anything but catch stories all day. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. and it's fantastic. And it leads from one thing to the other. So, you, I mean, you, of course you need to have some sort of natural curiosity to kind of go from one to the other. But it's not, I mean, I have, I have a voice, I mean, I'm sorry, I have a, a memory of an elephant. This is something genetically given to me. It's not a talent, it's just there. Um, but I use it in a way that I'm just constantly, you know, remembering all these things. And when somebody asks me something, like you say, I'll just pop out and say, oh, maybe this example, maybe that example. But I put in the time to actually collect those examples. So the only thing my memory does for me is that I'm able to use them right at that moment without having to check my digital inventory. I know it off the top of my head. But I've actually done the preparation beforehand to have those stories. I mean, I sat on wonderfully fantastic stories for years and years and years, and I couldn't use them because there wasn't the right time to use it. I, I was once, because uh, I surf the internet quite a lot, I came across a, um, an audio file of the evening that John F. Kennedy was shot. And it's an audio file of the Boston Symphonica playing. And the conductor at that moment has to announce to the audience that President Kennedy has been shot. At the moment, and the rea- reaction from the crowd, it is just, an, it's just amazing, and it's an amazing like, historical moment. But I literally had that for six years in my file without ever having an opportunity to use it until, you know, one moment, six years later, we're actually 50 years after John F. Kennedy gets shot. It's in November 11th, or is it 11th or 10th? And I'm actually working with a group on that day, and that's the right. perfect moment to actually use that example. And, and then I explain something about storytelling using that example. But I've had that example for six years. Right. You know, so right. it's not about the last moment. I am, I'm sitting on a whole collection of stories right now that I have no idea when I can use them. But there'll come a moment when all of a sudden somebody will ask me something and I can go, there it is. Perfect. Right. Okay. So now... Okay, so so there either somebody will ask you, or like as if if say uh, you know, for example, the listener is a leader or or an entrepreneur or 
um, someone trying to um, sell their business or whatever, how do we know? Like, so either it could be a responsive kind of pull up of the story or you're actively trying to communicate something. But how do you know it's the right time? Like, how do you choose the right story for the right time? It's kind of one of those moments where you'll know it when you do it. And I don't mean the actual moment. I mean, because we spend quite a lot of time preparing a story and practicing a story before we actually tell it, depending on how important the occasion is. But um, what will happen is you'll you'll start looking. Usually what we do is they have several examples. We call them examples of what you could use to explain what it is that you're trying to explain or to create an action that you're trying to create. And once you're preparing and you're designing the story, then all of a sudden that will pop out. But there are also very, very natural examples of, or natural moments when we can use this. Can I give you an example of a company yes, that did that please. really well? Okay, so um, there was a ad for, uh, an ad on the television for Sainsbury. Now, Sainsbury is, in, is in a UK-based um, food store supermarket. And they had a beautiful, beautiful commercial about something that happened during the, the First World War. During the First World War, during Christmas and the First World War, on the battlefield, at one moment, a British soldier kind of stuck his head out from the trenches and waved at the German soldiers and said, basically, for one night for Christmas, can we have peace? And they had a soccer match on the battlefield. And it's, it's, it's a story that, was, that, is, that is true and it's happened. And I think somebody at Sainsbury must have had a you know, great story in their um, uh, inventory. Because all of a sudden they said, why don't we use this commercial? And they turned, they turned it into a commercial and used this story. But they did it in the Christmas of 2014, which was exactly 100 years after the start of the First World War. Now, they could have used this story at any... They could have used it in the Christmas of 2013 or 15, but it wouldn't have had the same impact because it wasn't exactly 100 years later. And for somebody, for them to do that at that moment was just absolutely beautiful. And I would, you know, I'd, write, you know, I'd say to anybody listening, go check out this on, on YouTube, this advertising. And then what I think the most beautiful thing about it is this. I don't know whether Sainsbury sold more Christmas menus because of this. I have no idea. And to be frankly honest, I don't really care about that. What I care about is how they came and built this advertising. What they did was they went uh, back 100 years, basically, and they went and looked for letters and diaries from the people who were there 100 years ago. And through those letters, they reconstructed what happened on that day. And then they turned that into an ad. And that ad is absolutely beautiful. It is. And, I've, I've um, seen it. It's um, and and it's also you know what they also did was they chose they could have told any story about the war. I mean, they could have shown you know people being killed. They could have shown you know they could have chosen any story, but they chose to show a moment when peace occurred, and they're bringing that a hundred years forward. And and I think that that also says something about and we're just bringing it circling back to uh, what we talked about in the in the second segment it, it circles back to their character and their integrity um, because and like also, you say and also, it wasn't about how much was sold uh, possibly for anybody it was it was a really wonderful message message to share and and that's exactly, you're hitting on it right now because but it was also very very deliberate because yes. what they did was they told a short story that was about sharing 
And what their, yeah. their tagline for the commercial is is um, is about sharing. So Christmas is for sharing. Yeah, nice. So nice. that so how do you know when a story works? Well, timing one in this instance, the timing of one hundred years is absolutely perfect. But it's also about does it accurately tell the story or the point I'm trying to make in a business setting. And when you are trying to convey the message that Christmas is for sharing, then having two such opposing parties as the German and the, the, you know, the British military on Christmas Eve sharing a soccer match and sharing food, then that's just a beautiful story to use it. And what I think is just um, fantastic is that if you watch that commercial at the end, they, they have two additional videos. So you can watch the making of, so how they actually make the commercial, but you can also watch the video where they explain where the story comes from. So they also give you the background and the history of it. And I just think that is, when it comes to storytelling, you know, that is just fantastic. It is fantastic. And And thank you for that. Thanks for that, Helen. And, and unfortunately, we're at the end of the show now, but I think that's a really great way to finish it off. And um, just to let everybody know that I'm going to put the link to that video and the others on my Facebook page. And I'm also going to put um, Helen's egg talk. It's a bit like a TED talk, uh, but Helen did an egg talk last year, which was uh, really amazing that that I want to share with you. So if you could go to my Facebook page at facebook.com backslash very good stories, love to have you like it and join us, but um, go and check it out um, but Helen thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today no absolutely always a pleasure Leanne um, and uh, anytime anytime really thank you and so make sure you go and check out Helen and uh, 24-7 storytelling at 24-7storytelling.com and again hear more from Helen and check out that Sainsbury's ad um, and the backstory at facebook.com slash backslash very good stories. So, and also make sure you tune into next week's show when I will be talking with Sean Callahan from anecdote about selling with story. Yes, you can use use story to sell and we'll be talking about how to do it with integrity and authenticity. So don't forget to sign up for my weekly story blast at verygoodstories.com. Story powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for joining me, Liam Pico, and Story Powered. I will see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.